Welcome to Getting to Good Enough, a podcast to help you overcome perfectionism so you can do more of what you love. I'm Shannon Wilkinson, a life coach in Portland, Oregon. I'm a recovering perfectionist who's getting better at good enough. And I'm Janine Adams, a certified professional organizer in St. Louis, Missouri, and I'm lucky enough to be naturally good at good enough. And today, we are going to be talking about asking for help. Hey, Janine. Hey, Shannon. (laughs) How are you doing today? I'm doing quite well today. How about you? I'm doing well as well. So, right? <laughs> good. Well as well. That's good. <laughs> yeah. Uh, so, <laughs> today we're talking about asking for help. Yeah, that's a how? big one for a lot of people. And yeah. yeah. Is it for you? Yeah, I, it, I think it is, actually. I tend to want to do stuff by myself or on my own or... I'd rather just do my thing and not involve a committee, for example, if I'm doing volunteer work. Uh, But Mm -hmm. if I can tolerate involving a committee, uh, usually it's better because more more ideas are better. (laughs) Right. Yeah. 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 It's it's funny. I was just thinking about, um, yeah, well, let me start by saying it's a problem for me, too. I am not good at asking for help on you know in sort of the whole spectrum of ways in which you might need help but um my husband is really good at it and and I was just recalling that we were um at we were at REI and I'm kind of skulking around the edges of the shoe department thinking about you know what kind of shoes I might be wanting to get and and Mike is asking like the first person that comes up to him, like who's the best person to ask about? He wants oh. to get insoles. <laughs> oh my and god! He, he took it yeah. to the next level. He didn't ask. Yeah. He oh, that's so smart and interesting, isn't it? Wow! And yeah. and I literally am like skulking around. Nobody talked to me. I don't want to be asked if I need help. <laughs> right. <laughs> me too. I always send them away at stores. Typically, if I think I know what I'm looking for and but now that we're talking about why why would I not accept the help of someone whose job it is to help me I know and that's one of the things I I remind myself is that these this is the job of these people and you know sometimes people are having an off day or maybe they're really not in the best job for them but generally Mm -hmm. speaking they really want to help Right. Or in, and if you're talking about like consultants or coaches or organizers for that matter. Yeah. I mean, <laughs> like, that, you know, people in your position or my position. <laughs> right. We are really, we are there to help. Right. And we want right. to be asked for help. And yet people find it so hard to uh, ask. I think at least my clients have typically yeah. thought about it long and hard before they've contacted me. Yeah. Well, and I think that is a big part of the perfectionist problem is that um, either you feel that you should already know how to do it or you want to make sure you get it right 
or you want to make sure um, you've you've explored all your options before deciding on the right person to ask perhaps yeah. yeah and and you know and then and then you get even perfectionistic about that like well who is the right person to ask and am i, I asking I the out. right person and <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> right well you you could be like mike and just ask who's the best person to talk to me about insoles <laughs> right right gosh we're lucky anybody contacts us when i think about it that way we're lucky we <laughs> have know. any clients at all but but the benefits are you know the benefits are so great when i think about like you're my coach and how over the years the many years you've been a coach how you've gotten me out of got me through so many situations that i don't know how i would have been able to handle it without you you know i mean there's so much value to asking for help um yet it can be so hard it it really can and it and i guess that's the key thing to remember is like you said you know when you come to me for help i am so thrilled that i can you know that I, that i can offer some help to you that mm-hmm. you know there's anything i can do to help you get through a difficult situation or you know whatever is going on and i feel that way about all of my clients and and you know when i say to them you know like in between sessions or something like come to me if there's anything like send me a text or whatever and you know, so often people don't because they feel like they don't want to bother me. But I love it when my clients reach out when they when they need a hand. Mm-hmm. And I'm Absolutely. sure you feel the same way. Yeah, I like it that I'm a go-to resource for mm-hmm. my clients. And I'm always happy when they contact me. Um, and I know when I'm contacted by a new client, especially one who is dealing with a, like a lot of clutter that's been a problem for a long time, I always say to them, you know, congratulations on taking this first step and reaching out for help because I know how hard it can be. I mean, how, when I think about how scary that is for an organizing client or for a coaching client um, to reveal so much of something that's been a problem for them, and in the case of people with a lot of clutter, that certainly not all my clients have a lot of clutter, but for those who right. do, it's, it can feel embarrassing or there can be some shame involved. I mean, they're letting, sometimes mm-hmm. I'm the first person to come into their house uh, from outside their family in years. Um, and I always feel very honored by that, but it's a big deal. And I always, I always, always want to make sure I express to them that I know that it's a big deal. Yeah. And, it, you know, it's just so interesting to me that that, you know, to have the experience that we do on that side of things, that we still find it difficult to ask for help for ourselves. Right. That is, that's really something, isn't it? I I probably haven't really thought about it like this before. That's why this podcast is so helpful for me. (laughs) I love love the, I hope it's helpful for other people. Yeah, we just do this for ourselves. Right. (laughs) It's just an extra bonus if anyone else, you know, finds it useful. (laughs) Right. But getting a chance to talk about this stuff is, in little bites like this is so interesting. Um, But yeah, I'm not one to pull over and ask for directions. I'm going to go, I'm going to keep trying to find it. Well, nowadays with phones, it's not the issue that it once was um, with navigation. But Although, you know, now that you say that, like I used to always ask for directions, but like having my phone, I think it makes me less likely to ask for help. 
Because like right. I feel like, oh, I have this resource here. I should use that. Right. And, and Ooh, there's you know, a when should it, buried in there. Yeah, right. <laughs> and when you think about directions, I mean, actually, a local probably would give better directions than the phone sometimes. Oh, yeah. Right? Yeah. Absolutely. So. And one of the things that I love doing is giving people direction. Like in the neighborhood, uh-huh. I happen to live in a neighborhood that is really, really difficult to navigate. Yeah, it's like a maze. It, it's totally a maze. maze. Yeah. Well, it's not even like there's a circle, but then there's also like a big X, and then there's all these alleys and like all the streets. It's, it's meant to be chaos. From above, right? Yeah. <laughs> like Portland is this nice little grid, north, south, east, west, and then there's Lad's Edition, and it's a nightmare. But we will, we. Uh, I say we because Mike and I just did this the other night when we were, um, I don't know, we were walking somewhere, walking to somewhere from somewhere, I don't remember, and and there was this couple, because you always see these people standing around in Lad's Edition dazed, Mm -hmm. (laughs) like they're never going to get out of there. And um, <laughs> at least it's pretty. If I were going to be trapped somewhere, I'd want to be trapped there. <laughs> yeah. And so we stopped and asked these people. And I don't know. I think I've probably given people directions. Let me think real quick. In the in the last week alone, I've probably given four separate people directions. Wow. And whenever I see someone who even remotely looks like they don't know where they're at and they're trying to figure something out, I'll ask them if they need directions. Well, that's nice. Yeah. Well, I, I like doing it and I like, I like sort of being an ambassador for the city and, <laughs> and I don't know, I, make, I feel good doing it. Well, and that's something that's good to, to remember is like you may not be bothering somebody when you ask them for help or something like yeah. directions. So they may be just delighted to do it. My uh, yeah. my thing is, it's not so much I want to help people with directions. I don't mind, but I like to give them really good directions. So, like, I oh, take right. pride in giving them very <laughs> clear uh, uh, directions, um, and then I rethink what I have to drive. I'm usually walking my dog when I get asked for directions, and, uh-huh. and then I think about it the rest of the walk. Hmm, did I give them the most direct route? And I'm usually quite <laughs> proud of myself what I came up with. So, I mean, it's not my neighborhood's not so complicated like yours, but um, but still, uh, yeah, that's interesting. So yeah. I know when I moved to New York uh, back in the '90s, I would be irritated because New Yorkers, if you ask them how to get to, let's say, I remember this happened. I was just pulled into town, literally, to move there with my dogs mm-hmm. in the car, and I couldn't figure out how to get on the highway I was supposed to get, my directions told me I was supposed to get onto. My directions, which was probably my triptych. Um, right. And, uh, <laughs> and so I pulled over, and I was at a gas station, and I said to the guy, how do I get on the Ford Hamilton Parkway? And he uh-huh. said, where are you going? Which just irritated the crap out of me, because yeah. I didn't ask, I I. I didn't, I, that wasn't what I was asking, but, right. um, so I, anyway, I got there and I'm thinking, and it, and it happened a lot there and my new, now after this conversation, I'm reframing it. He wanted to just make sure that 
the directions I had probably were the most direct or best way to get where I was right. where it was I was wanting to go. He probably had some insider knowledge, potentially had some insider knowledge for me yeah. that instead of being irritated, I should have been grateful for. <laughs> <laughs> well, but at the time you were just thinking, I need to get this next step, not all the right. way there. Right. I was really thinking it's none of your business where I'm going. Right. <laughs> uh. Although that this reminds me of like one of my proudest moments was when I got asked for directions in New York. Nice. Yeah, that feels good. Yeah. 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 And right. and like I could give them directions. <laughs> Excellent. <laughs> yes. Yes. Oh, yeah. I, I, I weirdly feel proud when I'm in a store and somebody asks me if I work there. <laughs> okay, that is weird. <laughs> is that weird? I mean, especially if it's like the container or something. No, it wouldn't be the container store because they wear uniforms. But I don't know. Uh, yeah, that makes me feel like I must look like I know what I'm doing. <laughs> I love that. I'm just going to randomly ask you now. <laughs> do you work here? <laughs> yeah. Uh, I keep thinking, as we've been talking, I keep thinking about the time we, well, you, asked for help for us in Utah. Do you remember what I'm talking about? When we were driving home with Pip? Oh, oh yeah. yeah. At the truck and, stop? Uh-huh. And how only the women <laughs> offered to help, right? Yes. And we had a car trouble, and the men just watched, and the women well, helped. And it was a truck stop, so there were a lot of men right, sitting, watching you and I. Well, you were, like, having to manage Pip, because right. Pip was sort of out of her mind, because, like, it was a traumatic experience. Right. And because um, you were just adopting her, and then we, like, she just met you, and then we, like, loaded her into a car. <laughs> and, and started drove driving and, drove and, drove. and only pulled over when our uh, windshield wiper fluid ran out right was that the problem um in a nutshell yeah and it and then the windshield froze right that was bad and we were driving into the sun <laughs> we were literally driving with our heads out the window weren't we yeah, I was driving with my head out the window, and there was such huge, like, snowbank, like, snowplow snowbanks on the side of the road. I couldn't, like, drive on the shoulder. Right. And we're on the freeway, and I think I was driving, like, maybe 15 or 20 miles an hour because I couldn't see. See, right, right. And so then every time, help. yeah, we needed help. And so we, like, got off at the first exit, which I think was, like, a mile and a half away, which felt like it took two hours to get to but was actually a miracle because there are not a lot of exits yeah I mean, it was really we were very lucky there was only a mile yeah. and a half mm-hmm. but then you know we get there and what do we do well and, we, yeah um, we called the rental car company who didn't help us at all that's the first thing we said. <laughs> but then <laughs> we can bring you a new nice car tomorrow they said <laughs> <laughs> that wasn't gonna help yeah um but the but i don't even really remember asking it was i was just like we have to solve this problem. And um, and then that woman was so nice. And she, you know, obviously it was a miserable day. There was a lot of snow. It was cold. And um, she, as I recall, was fully made up, like really fancy hair and heels. 
<laughs> and was like out in the snow helping me deal with the car and she like got us a big bucket of hot water to thaw the line and and told us how to do it and like got us all squared away well all of those rotten men just sat and watched and laughed and laughed yeah yeah so i mean that was a case where we had to ask for help <laughs> and right. um we, there was no choice there but you did a good job of it because you got somebody to really come out and help solve the problem where otherwise right. we would have been stranded in nowheresville yeah a, a dog who didn't know us <laughs> right <laughs> poor pip yeah. Aww. yeah um but anyway that one perhaps was a diversion but it uh uh so we can get back to talking about it <laughs> Asking other well, but, for help in other Yeah, ways. but that, I mean, that's a, that it was easy to ask for help in that situation because, you know, we were in such dire circumstances. But wouldn't it be wonderful to ask for help that easily for fun? Right. <laughs> <laughs> for fun. <laughs> yeah. I say it like that because I swear that's what my husband does. Yeah, well, he t- he gets joy in it. That's amazing. He does. So, like, I walk into a yarn store. I'm a knitter. I know I know <laughs> from yarn, and my inclination when they say, "Oh, can I help you?" is to say, "No, no." When in fact, I should say, "Yes, please," because they may know about yarn I don't know about. There may be all sorts of suggestions that would make my knitting experience better. Plus, a yarn store, you have to be inside the mind of the person who organized it, because there's no one, certainly no one way to organize the yarn. <laughs> right. So right. Um, knowing where things are can be challenging. Yeah. 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 Well, and it, that's so funny, because you also, you're going to learn something. And generally, people who work in places like that are really friendly and excited to talk about what it is that they do. Right. And what yeah. they love. Right, like, exactly. I mean, yarn people love talking about yarn, no doubt about it. Yeah. Yeah. Or so. hardware store owners or, or whatever. Oh, I will just say, my idea of hell is Home Depot. And <laughs> I think it's because I don't know enough about the things, the merchandise to know the category they fit in, so I can never find anything. And, right. And those people with the orange vests are never where you want them to be. Like, it's they true. Never, it's rare for one to walk up to me and ask me even though I look I'm sure I look completely lost whenever I'm there they yeah 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 well and you know in a situation like that it can be real hit or miss I've gotten really amazing good advice from people at Home Depot and then I've gotten complete garbage advice oh do you ask do you say to the person in the orange vest who's the best person for me to ask this question of (laughs) that maybe is what needs to happen right (laughs) i think that is what needs to happen well and and mike has like little ways of sussing out if he thinks people know what they're talking about like he'll ask a question that he sort of knows the answer to Mm -hmm. and then gauge their level of knowledge based on how they answer that like if he wow. really needs to know something about something he doesn't know about. Right. He's a help asking ninja. He is. He is. He has he has like a PhD in asking for help. <laughs> and it's probably gotten him very far, hasn't it? It it has. It really has. And it also um, indicates that he has a lot of curiosity and yeah. interest in learning more. 
at all. He does. And and he just, he likes talking to people. He likes, yeah. you know, sort of hearing their take on things. And it's really funny as we're talking about all of these things, I'm like, well, I'm curious and I like talking. Like, why am I not asking for help? Right. Yeah, you're all those things. That's why you guys get along so well. Yeah. Um, well, and I'm t- we, I am too, for that matter. Yeah, I feel like you curious are. and friendly. But what is it, Shannon? Come on, you know these things. <laughs> what is it that makes us not want to reach out for help? Is it a well, feeling of not wanting to feel helpless? Um, I, my self-diagnosis would be that um, I like to know what I'm talking about before I talk about something. Mm-hmm. And so if you know what it is, then you don't have to ask about it. So, you know, it's like, it's sort of like a really horrible little cycle, right? Yeah. Yeah. That's interesting. It's a self-fulfilling prophecy. Uh, Yeah. If you can't talk about it till you know something about it, you're never going to find out about it by talking to someone. Right. Huh. And I think for me, it's like, I don't like feeling incompetent ever. Mm Mm-hmm. And so asking for help perhaps makes me feel that way, which is, you know, not helpful. Uh, Yeah. Interesting. Well, we need to get over this. We do. (laughs) Is there, is it got any tricks up your sleeve to get us over this? (laughs) Well, I think one of the things to do, and this is what I've started to do, like in addition to reminding myself that, you know, most people, especially people that are, you know, their profession is to help, whether it's, you know, someone who works at a store or a coach or consultant or, or you know, whatever, that they're doing it because they want to be doing it and they want to help. Mm-hmm. So, you know, starting from the mindset that, you know, this person wants to help me, mm-hmm. um, to practice asking for help with things that don't feel that important. Like a menu selection? Yeah. Didn't we talk about menus last week? Or maybe it was the I week think before we, that. <laughs> <laughs> menus do come up a lot. Yeah. And that's another thing that Mike does all the time. He'll ask the waiter, you know, the server, and which I never do. What will he ask? He'll ask. Like what kind of thing? What do you like? Or he'll say, you know, oh, I'm looking at the scallops and the, you know, what it'll be like two completely different things. Like, I'm right. looking at the scallops and the pork chop. Which would you recommend? <laughs> right. And, of course, that's tricky because it, the person who is your waiter might have completely different taste in food than you. But it usually, I do the same thing, actually. I'm not shy about that. And uh-huh. uh, usually if they answer quickly, then that's an indication that, the other thing maybe isn't so great or right. it's um if it's if it's really if i'm really on the fence then i might as well just take their recommendation yeah um yeah, that makes yeah. sense right but practicing on something that's pretty low low uh risk is a, yeah sort of low yeah. stakes but then but you you know you can sort of exercise the the asking for help muscle and and have some good experiences and and it helps you remember that, you know, most people want to help. Although you occasionally will get that server who says, oh, everything's good. Right. Or they'll answer, well, our most popular item is this, which yeah. is an honor. 
<laughs> right. Um, but, uh, I don't know what, I don't want to know what mistake other people are making. <laughs> right. I don't want to know what menu item other people get roped into buying. <laughs> right. <laughs> or sometimes I'll say, oh, everything on the menu is excellent. Like, oh, that's yeah. really helpful. This just reminded me of, um, there is this bar in Los Angeles at the Roosevelt Hotel called The Library. Mm-hmm. And all of their cocktails are made to order. I mean, like, invented for you oh. in the moment. Oh, you can say, oh, I'm in the mood for something fruity made with rum, and they make something for you? Or is it yeah. more specific than that? Oh, uh-huh. Well, I mean, it can be that general, or it can be more specific. Like, um, I've been there a couple of times, and I've had the best drinks of my life there. Like, wow unbelievably good but you have to be specific about what you want you have to ask for what you want and um the last time i went i didn't you know they were asking about like you know what kind of alcohol do you want or what kind of flavor profile and i said you know i just i want something that just tastes fresh and bright and you know not too sweet but not like you know, not like whiskey-like or, you know, I just want something that's like fresh and bright. And, um, hold on just a second. Mm -hmm. I'm recording. He must have heard us talking about him. You've come up a lot in this episode. Oh, it's Mike? Yeah. Do you want to have a guest spot? Yeah. Yeah. All right. So what's the topic today, ladies? Asking for help. Yeah, that's sort of my thing. (laughs) (laughs) That's what we've learned. Um, That's, that's, yeah. You're amazing. I I called you a help ninja, asking for help ninja. And I said that you have your PhD in asking for help. (laughs) Well, yeah. Well, maybe you have your MD in asking for help. (laughs) Yeah, it sort of goes around, comes around, I guess is the best way to put it. Yeah, I think that that's... Um, I don't know how much you talked about me. That's sort of funny to be in the middle of a conversation. <laughs> but, you know, I think that um, I inherently ask for help really all the time because that's just been my experience. I mean, even from as a kid, um, you know, I think that smart people especially, and I, and I don't mean to be sort of self-inflammatory, but sometimes you think that you know everything, and I think that, both personally and in working with other people, smart people ask for help. Uh oh. I know, right? Shannon and I have just been talking about how we don't ask for help. We're both like, Ooh. well, I, I think that you know anybody, ha- right. you know anybody in anything that you do, you have a body of experience, and the more that you know, the more you realize you don't know. And so, what I use, I, I guess, when I ask for help, it's more sort of saying, you know, what's what's the topic that I'm covering? What am I trying to achieve? What do other people know? And it's sort of a process of, you know, both validation and expanding your knowledge base. Mm-hmm. Yeah, well, and we've been talking about asking for help in even more mundane situations, like when we went to REI the other day and I'm like skulking around trying to figure out what shoes I might want. And you go up to the guy and you say, who, who can help me with insoles? 
Right. Well, I mean, this is an example. So uh, Elliot bought some new boots and, you know, I said, Elliot, you need to treat these boots. And so we went up and we found a man and asked him about how to treat these boots. And I gave him sort of the, the important piece of information. It was a new boot and it had a Gore-Tex liner. And so the guy immediately, you know, uh, validated that he knew a lot. He said, well, you have a new boot and so you need to have something, you know, he gives us the, uh, you know, a treatment that breathes, but he also said right at the onset, you don't need to do anything out of the factory. These things are already treated. What you're going to treat is the future. <laughs> but see, this is what I was saying earlier was that um, Mike has a way of asking for help. And in the way he asks, he susses out whether or not the person knows what they're talking about and will be able to give him the information he needs. Right. Mm -hmm. Within 10 seconds, I knew this guy knew way more than I did. And and it was going to not just help me, but help me with things I didn't even know I needed help with. Right. And if you'd never asked for help, you certainly would never get help on things you didn't know you needed help with. And I so. was modeling behavior to our 18-year-old. Yeah. Well, that's pretty great. Yeah. And it is well, very smart to ask for help. I think that's a something that we need to bear in mind, right, Shannon? I think so. And I yeah. and since we have our um, asking for help ninja here present with us as a special guest star, <laughs> surprise guest star, um, what? How? And we've been talking about how we sort of we struggle with asking for help. Like, what? What's your thought process to ask some someone for help? Like, how is that easy for you? You know, I mean, it's interesting. So did you say what I do professionally? No. So I'm an internal medicine doctor. And so part of the thing in my training is before you ask for help, you have to know what the problem is. And, and I know listening to your podcast, you guys spend a lot of time on that. And I think that's the key piece. And when I interacted with the guy, you know, at REI for the boots and asking about waterproofing, before I started telling him the solution he really wants to know what my problem is. And I think that's what people constantly do. And I'm sure they come to you, Janine, and also Shannon. They, people tell you what they want from you as opposed to asking what their problem is. Mm -hmm. Oh, my God, Janine, that's like the guy in New York who you asked how to get onto the highway and he wanted to know where you were going. <laughs> right. <laughs> that's exactly That's like exactly that. it. Yeah. Because the oh. question's much better. Uh-huh. Right. We always tell people, don't tell me what your solution is. Tell me what your problem is. Right. I could to absolutely see that, especially patients going to the doctor and saying, I have a, an ear infection or whatever. And I, I need antibiotics. Oh, or yeah. I want this treatment for a condition that only exists in sub-Saharan Africa. <laughs> <laughs> right. You, you don't have that. <laughs> I mean, not likely, but you don't have that. And so, you know, part of the reason when you ask for help, you have to ask it in a way that both respects the person that you're talking to, but also respects the question. So, and does it also, it sounds like the way you ask for help, you're also getting clarification on your problem. Exactly. Because I don't really sometimes know what my problem is, which I think you would attest to. <laughs> Fascinating. Yeah. You guys haven't had this issue come up? You we guys haven't come see me. 
Oh, that's really, hmm. We're going to have to think about that. Yeah. I know, right? That's very interesting, Mike. And, and really, it's smart and insightful. Well, and I think it's like anything. It's, you know, you, it's a difference between a conversation and checking off a box. Oh, right. So you're, instead of like, I'm trying to get the answer to this question and asking for help, it's like, I want to have a conversation with someone who knows more about this than I do. Is that what you're getting well, at? No, it's to a certain extent, but it also it's an opportunity to, uh, I think people limit themselves when they ask for help. And it's the same thing in a conversation. And so you know, one of the things is like when, when patients come see me, uh, you know, I don't say, are you coughing? Do you have a fever? I mean, I ask those questions if they don't bring it up, but just to validate, but I usually start off by saying, how can I help you? And then let them talk and give people the opportunity to give their experience. Mm-hmm. You know, because you could you can create a diagnosis. Mm-hmm. You, know, you can create a solution for anything, you know? Right. And what you really want to do is to create an opportunity for a dialogue that allows for more than just the solution, but the process. Because sometimes even the process of asking the question, um, like in the case of like Janine wanting to get from point A to point B, I mean, I think the question is, is where do you want to go and when do you want to get there? <laughs> right, because the answer could be different depending on the time of day. Mm-hmm. Right, that makes sense. Yeah, and, and Shannon, I think you and I probably do that in our in our organizing and coaching practices as well. I mean, I don't I hadn't thought about it that way, but it's asking the client, "How can I help you?" is huge, right. and, and certainly I do that, and I'm sure you do that, and and rather than than just skipping to addressing the thing that they said in their initial contact they wanted help with. Um, right. Right. Because that's usually only the thing that got them there, but not the thing <laughs> right <laughs> yeah right and I, and I know and I know Janine you know and just in, in listening to you and the kind of work that you do and also with Shannon is you really want to understand what they value because there are sometimes more than one solution mm-hmm. right and you can create a sort of a perfect paradigm that will can be a complete disaster <laughs> for that person. They may right. not achieve it. It may not be reasonable. It it may not even, you know, at the end of the day, the problem that they came in for, they may no longer care about. Mm-hmm. So that's sort of the transformational aspect of being willing to ask for help. Right. Yeah. It's the conversation. Huh. So is that what you're thinking about when you ask for help is, I'm so curious, like what, what prompts you? You mean to ask for help? Yeah. I mean, I know it's like second nature to you, but like pretend it wasn't. Uh, wow. Pretend that I don't ask for help. No, pretend that it's not second nature that you like had to actually be sort of conscious, do a conscious process to ask for help. What would that process be? Uh, well, so it would probably be um, me telling somebody what I'm going to do and asking for the specific, or not even asking. I would just, 
I mean, I'm just trying to think of like if I want to go like, you know, we have some work on our house. I need to do some caulking. I would go to, you know, Home Depot and I'd look up and I'd sort of stare around at all the different caulks and I'll, you know, try and suss out what I think is probably the best option by looking at all the information. Um, and then when I start to realize that there's 72 different types of caulk, <laughs> I'll probably scratch my head. And then someone will invariably look at me after I'm standing there for 15 minutes and say, can I help you? And then I'll tell them what I'm thinking and not really ask for help. And then they'll say, well, you know, since you're doing this, maybe you should, you should use this for this reason. And they volunteer it. Oh, so so that could be a way to break into asking for help is not necessarily asking for help, but simply stating your idea and seeing if the person has any feedback on it. Right, and what I'm what I'm invoking right now is our oldest son, <laughs> <laughs> who doesn't ask for help. Well, thank you. Yeah, well, uh, thanks for inviting me on this journey. <laughs> <laughs> thanks for showing up at a very appropriate time. Yeah, that was great. Right. Talk, talk to you soon, ladies. <laughs> Bye, Mike. Bye. That was great that he stopped by and he had full of insight my goodness took that conversation to a whole nother level right um one thing that just sort of crossed my mind is the difference that there's a difference between being willing to ask for help and being willing to accept help to my way of thinking anyway like i feel like i'm really good at accepting help right um, when it's offered but you're not necessarily willing to ask for it right yeah, I think that think that's what I'm saying, which is so I should just go to the next step, which is ask for it. <laughs> I, I obviously know how how helpful thing you know getting help is. Right. Well, you could just you know put yourself in a position more to be offered help by asking questions. Well, like I mean, you can ask the questions, or you could you could do sort of the. Um, non-question approach which is to say hey this is what i'm thinking about doing yeah does this make sense yeah right how does that feel to you does that feel better yeah 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 that's interesting and i was also thinking about how i do ask my team members for help obviously they're there to help me but I, i ask them for help in terms of um if I'm contemplating a, an organizing challenge and there's another organizer around, I'm going to get their opinion on it, not just do it my way, um, mm-hmm. which at least I have that. <laughs> <At least. laughs> well, I'm wondering, as we're talking, I'm wondering if part of your reticence is not knowing the knowledge or expertise level of the person that you are asking. Oh, yeah. You know, I bet... I, I, Bet that is part of it. I was thinking about that while Mike was talking, that uh, this way he has of ascertaining that makes it a little easier for him to ask for help, perhaps, because what you don't want in a store is for some guy who to give you a line that isn't true. I guess right. maybe there's a trust issue there. So yeah. uh, I like his idea of having a question, you know, the answer to that you ask to help judge whether... Well, that sounds very complicated. <laughs> well, I mean, maybe it's, it's you know, a two-step process that, you know, you can, if there's, like, 
I don't know, say you're at the container store and you're looking for a particular solution for a client and you know you want this, but you aren't sure about sort of the next thing. Mm -hmm. um, you could ask, you know, what their thoughts are on the first thing that you feel pretty comfortable with. And then you can judge by that whether or not you, um, I almost made this explicit. Oh. <laughs> I almost made, gave our podcast an explicit rating. <laughs> <laughs> Or you can decide Keep if they're full of it. Yeah. <laughs> well, and the container store would be a bad example because they're never full of it there. Those are, right. there's some knowledgeable trained people, but yes, yes. That's, yeah, that's an interesting tactic, tactic and I like it. Yeah. And I also like the idea of just stating what I think I want to do and seeing if they have, seeing if there are aspects to it I'm not aware of that I should take yeah. into consideration. Yeah, um, that's interesting, and and I, and it just occurred to me um, way back when when I was in the dating world, um, my theory was that I wanted to meet new people and get an interesting story out of it, mm -hmm. and like I wasn't. You know, a lot of people sort of go into dating looking for, you know, their their future mate or whatever, their soulmate or, their, you know, whoever. And um, and I didn't want to put that kind of pressure on myself. I just wanted to meet people. And have good and, stories. And have good stories. Mm -hmm, and, um, and I'm wondering if, like, that that is sort of the thing that f feels like it frees me up to ask for help. Because even if the per per I feel like the person is full of it, um, I'll have an interesting story. <laughs> right. <laughs> well, there you go. Uh, I like that's that's a good reason as any to uh, stretch your asking for help muscles, right? Yeah. Yeah. Like you know, it'll be an interesting experience. Yeah. And if that's my primary objective and my secondary objective is to get the information that I need or the help that I need, um, you know, then th that sort of ends up being the bonus. Then it's a, it feels a lot easier to me to ask for help. Right. Lower stakes, just like you said. Yeah. And it's interesting to think, like, when we don't ask for help, we're obviously not, we're probably not going to get it. And yet here right. we are concerned about... Uh, the risk in asking for help, you know, like probably, <laughs> especially if we can suss out whether they're full of it. If they're not full of it, it's worth, it's time well spent. I think maybe I worry about like people giving me more advice than I want time-wise, like yeah. spending, bending my ear. When in fact, oh, I right. should just open myself up to what they might, that they might be helping me know about problems I didn't even know I had in a positive way because that actually sounds right. horrible to find out about problems I didn't know I had. <laughs> <laughs> Questions I didn't know I had. Yeah. Right. Yeah. Right. Um, but and then also, you know, have in your back pocket you you have a Apple Watch. You can always look at it and be like, ooh, I gotta I gotta get this. <laughs> right. <laughs> I can respond to this. So and start then excuse yourself. my wrist. <laughs> right. <laughs> Go all Dick yeah. Tracy on them. Yeah that is handy, isn't it? You don't even have to pull yeah. out your phone. You can just look at your watch. 
and hope they're uh -huh. not noticing that it didn't say that it, it's still they just brought up a picture, picture of Bix <laughs> right <laughs> <laughs> just start pressing things right <laughs> hello hello <laughs> Oh, that's funny. <laughs> oh, that's funny. <laughs> well, I feel like we've uh, tur this turned into a, thanks to Mike, this turned into a robust discussion of asking for help. Yeah, I think, I mean, that was a very serendipitous, it was a good thing that I was recording from home today. Yeah, and we ended up and starting later than usual. Right. Mm -hmm. Right, it all worked out. Yeah. Well, I don't know about you, but I sort of feel like I want to ask for help now. I know. I'm going to go upstairs and ask Barry to help me with something. <laughs> that may be different than what we're after. Um, but yeah, I was just at the container store today. I didn't ask for any help. I, I, I might have benefited from it if I had. Yeah. Well, now I feel like even if I don't need help with something, I feel like the practice should become every time I go into a store to ask for help or to ask a question. Do you, I think you're probably right. Do you think you will seek out people to ask or are you just gonna only ask if somebody asks you if you need help? I sort of feel like I need to start seeking people out. Oh my goodness, well, if that happens, I wanna hear about it. <laughs> I mean, if you're with Mike, that's super going to be really easy for you. But if you're by yourself, um, I think that's great. That's a fun experiment. I, th I think I'm going to try that experiment. We may need and to do an episode where we just go over some of these things we vowed to try at the end of each episode. <laughs> I know, we'll have to go back over and listen, re-listen to them and see all the things. Yeah. Did you ever read, um, uh, was it Uncle Wiggly? Do you remember the Uncle Wiggly books? Like, did you read those when you were a kid? I don't think so. Oh, it was like at the end of every chapter, it would be like, if the strawberry ice cream doesn't fall off the cone and land on the train that bumps into Uncle Wiggly, in the next chapter, we'll tell you about <laughs> blah, blah, blah. <laughs> oh, no, I definitely didn't read that. <laughs> so this that's is like that? Oh, yeah. that's fun. <laughs> it would be fun to report on that. Uh, but yeah, that's a great practice. I'll, I'm definitely going to keep it in mind as well. I'm not. I'm not um, going to make a commitment to and that new practice, but I am going to make a commitment to keeping my mind open to asking for help more in the stores and elsewhere. Well, so uh, what about this? What if if someone asks you, ask, can I help you? And you actually have a question, you ask them. That, yes, I'll do that. And that will be a big step, but I will do it. That is a big step. Mm -hmm. Yes. And you, you're going to seek out the workers? I, I think I'm going to seek out. Excellent. Well, good. We'll have maybe oh, um, next week when we record, we can just touch base on that. Because surely both of us will have gone somewhere where somebody offered help. By I'm guessing a week. so. Yeah. Yeah. Well, of course, we'll All probably right. forget because it's a week from now. <laughs> I know. <laughs> well, so I'm going to uh, try my advanced practice of seeking help even when I don't need it. Excellent. And I'm going to. And you're going to try your 
entry-level practice. Right. I was wondering, I was trying to figure out what you meant by advanced, but now I get it. Yes, I'm going to try my entry-level practice because I am not married to a, a asking for help ninja, although <laughs> Barry probably asks for help plenty, but, um, and I will accept help if offered. I will have a question Excellent. ready when I walk into a store and am asked, may I help you? Oh, good. I will try. Yeah, that'll be, that'll be, that's a fun experiment. Yeah. Yeah, and then we can report back on a future episode. Yes. Excellent. All right. So um, we would love to hear from you, our listeners. Do you ask for help? Is it something you find easy? Do you struggle with it? If you find it easy, please get in touch with us and let us know how you do it. (laughs) Tell us your secret. (laughs) you can uh, leave a voicemail at 413-424-GTGE that's 4843 Um, we are on twitter at gtg enough we are on instagram at getting to good enough and you can find us on facebook by searching getting to good enough where else are we oh on our website. website great www.gettingtogoodenough.com yes and that on the website if if we have pictures and we 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 have show notes that have links and sometimes pictures that uh you're not going to find just on the in the apple itunes description so it's it's nice to check out the website when you get it yeah and so if you if you remember if you listen to the episode um, what was the episode actually about? Procrastination. <laughs> Is that right? When we're, I don't we know what's had in. the discussion about my the length of my hair. Oh, oh, I don't. I I'll find out. I'll, uh, I'm pretty yeah, sure it was procrastination. Right. Mm-hmm. But if you aren't in the habit of looking at our show notes on the website, there is a picture to as proof that Janine has known me since. <laughs> Um, I had short hair. <laughs> yeah, it, it was it was the procrastination episode. Yes. <laughs> yeah. But yes, we do. Please do check out the show notes because we do include links to resources and um, fun pictures. And it's also a great place to comment on an episode if you um, have tried something or you have a comment or feedback to share about a particular episode. That's a great place to do it. Yes, that would be fantastic. We look forward to hearing your questions. You don't have to um, just talk about uh, asking for help. We'd love any questions you might like us to answer on a future episode. That would be great. So for now, thank you for listening. This is Shannon Wilkinson in Portland, Oregon. And Janine Adams in St. Louis, Missouri. And we hope that good enough is getting easier for you. in my head but I've been watching so much Outlander (laughs) all I can hear is the Outlander theme in my head (laughs) right